listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. This is Spirit of Faith, Session 1. First night we're going to do it, and we're going to keep on doing it. Uh, Because now, more than ever, people need to have their faith go to another level. There's an attack, as you know. There's an attack that's against the faith of God's people. You can see, I dealt with it this morning. There's a spirit of fear everywhere you look. People are panicking. I mean, panicking. Uh, and I, I'm not going to take the time to show you videos. I, I know, uh, you know, we could show you videos. Of, I had Al LePage sent me two videos. Hey, Kayla, Kimberly, Julia, Ruth. I'm glad you guys are ready. Sarah, um, Al today sent me two videos of uh, huge lines going around Costco. People trying to get in. That was like 30 minutes before it even opened. And um, people trying to get in, trying to get food, whatever. People are in a panic, man. People have been sending me videos, fist fights over toilet paper, people smacking each other around. It's it's insane. And the world has gone into full panic mode. But I want to encourage you tonight. There's no need for you to panic. There's no need for you to be in a place of unrest. There's no need for you to be in a place of fear. And I dealt this morning with it about the demonic spirit of fear that tries to attack God's people. We are not called. If you missed this morning, it's up everywhere. It's on the it's on the podcast. It's it's uh, literally on all the. It's still you can go back to the archive. It's it's still up on all the major platforms. And uh, I want to encourage if you didn't listen to it to listen, because I dealt with the spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And I dealt today with how all three of those things are spirits. Power is a spirit. Love is a spirit. A sound mind or what could be known as a peace that passes all understanding. These are spiritual things, not natural. And so let me encourage you. If you haven't listened to it, listen, because tonight, and I told you today, we're going to, I'm going to give you something from the word and explain how you can keep yourself in strong faith every single day. You don't have to wait to go to church. You don't even have to wait for these broadcasts to come on. You can keep yourself in strong faith every single day. And we're going to deal with that on this session tonight. And um, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know, as as we're doing these. I may, hey, I may may plug a keyboard up and sing a little bit this week. I might lead you in worship and, uh, and preach. I don't know what I'll do. I'll do whatever I feel to because it's my broadcast and I can do whatever I want. <laughs> and so uh, nobody's going to shut me down. I'm not on the government shutdown and uh, and we're together. So uh, as we are, <clears throat> I'm going to build your faith and believe God to, uh, to change you. The reason I played those videos to start is not to give people the time to, to, to log on. The reason that I, I play those videos to start, there is an anointing on those videos. When you listen to someone preaching on Jesus, the power of Christ, I love that, for like six minutes straight, 
he says all those things about Christ. You know, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. And after like five minutes of doing that, he says to the crowd, I wish I could describe him to you, (laughs) but he's indescribable. He's invincible. He kept on going. And there's an anointing on that. When you magnify Jesus, there's an anointing on magnifying Jesus. That's why you don't hear me uh, sing a lot of the songs that are out today. Some of them are great. Others, I would, I don't even sing them if a church leads them that I'm at. I don't lift my hands and worship to them. Why? Because it is not worship. Anytime you take the focus and put the focus on your uh, inconsistencies, your error, your weaknesses, that's not worship and it's not praise. When we praise and worship God, we're magnifying him, his power, his glory, his anointing. You know, we're talking about his goodness. In fact, that's why the Bible says in Psalm 150, uh, praise him for his mighty acts of greatness. Praise him for his mighty acts of greatness. That's truly what praise is. When you focus on him, you focus on his power, his glory. There's my friend, Mindy Spencer. Love you guys. And so I want to, I want you to hear this, that the reason I play those, I want to get your spirit built up. And then that, those, those services with brother Hagen, those were, those were such powerful Holy ghost meetings. And that's in many churches, that flow has been lost to us in 2020, not to, you know, not to us that are Pentecostal, but many churches have lost the move of the Holy ghost. That's why I like to play it. I like to get it in front of people's eyes. And let them see what it looks like, sounds like, feels like to be in a flow of the Holy Spirit. We need more of that, not less of it. And so I do it to set your faith in a place uh, where you're, you're, uh, you're ready to receive. You know, the Bible says that praise, it not only puts us in the presence of God, but as we praise him, joy comes in, heaviness lifts off. And by the way, heaviness is the element, a spirit of heaviness or the cares of this world, what many people are dealing with right now, the cares of this world, according to the parable of the sower, that is one of the things that keeps us from retaining the revelation of God's word. In fact, when Jesus was explaining that parable to his disciples, he said, those that are overtaken by the thorns, the thorny ground, that is the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches Uh, that's growing up and choking out the revelation of my word. And so if you'll put your eyes on what's going on around you, it will turn into thorns in the spirit, Jesus said, that will choke out the mighty word of God or the revelation of that word. But if you'll praise God and put your eyes on him, then guess what'll happen? Your faith will be built and it'll make you good ground that is able to retain the revelation knowledge of the word of God. And so tonight, if you didn't get a chance to share it, I suggest highly that you take a minute to share this because these are going to be like a shot in the arm in the spirit for people that watch them. These broadcasts, it's going to be like taking an EpiPen to the neck. (laughs) It's going to be like taking an EpiPen right to, what is this? The carotid artery to the carotid artery. And you're going to get a jolt of faith. You're going to get a jolt of faith from these broadcasts. That's the whole purpose. That's why I'm not going to get into a lot of preliminaries and roll other stuff. I just want to get right in. There's my friend Joel over in the UK. Love you. 
And so if you have your Bible tonight, I want you to turn with me and we're going to really examine a couple of passages, but I want you to turn with me to, um, first of all, the book of Jude. And then we're going to go to the book of 1 Corinthians. But I want to start with the book of Jude, right before Revelation. And uh, I'm going to read you this verse of scripture here. Jude, there's only one chapter in the book of Jude, but we're going to read the 20th verse. Many of you know it by heart already, and good, you should. But this is Jude 1.20. Listen to this. And those of you that are uh, taking notes, you can pop these in the comments for others later. The Bible says in verse 20, but you... Beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy, this is verse 21, of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. So I want you to see this number one. The Bible says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So tonight, what we're going to focus on is the power of praying in tongues, the power of praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues. There is a supernatural element to praying in the spirit. There's a supernatural element. In fact, God has given us this gift as a tool to bring us into supernatural strength. It is a tool that brings us into supernatural strength. When you pray in the spirit, I'm talking about praying in tongues. And when I pray in the spirit, it is a heavenly tool to bring us into supernatural strength. And according to Jude verse 20, it allows us to build ourselves up on our most holy faith. And so I want you to hear this tonight. Praying in the spirit does not give you more faith. It literally builds up or strengthens the faith that you already have. One of the ways that I describe it to people is this. It'd be like if you were to, uh, maybe you were part of the track and field team or you were part of the football team or the basketball team, or the soccer team. And when you show up for a game or a match, you first stretch out. You don't just show up in street clothes and go straight onto the court or straight onto the field or right onto the track. You stretch out. You stretch your muscles. You get them ready for action. Why? Because you've got to warm them up in order to use them. I liken praying in the spirit to that. It's like stretching out your faith and getting it ready for action. It's like stirring up your faith, the faith that you already have. It's like stirring it up and getting it ready for action, not allowing it to lie dormant, but stirring it up, stretching it out, getting it ready for use. Jude said, you beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, I want you to understand something. It's not as some would argue, just praying by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost or praying in the strength of the Holy Ghost. No, in context here in the other places in the New Testament, whether Paul says it, Peter, it's talking about praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. And I'll show you that in a moment, but it's talking about praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues. I was listening to several men of God. I've heard many men of God say this, but uh, it's like Brother Hagin. We watched his clip a moment ago. Here's a man that if, you know, if he wasn't speaking, you know, if he wasn't in a pulpit, he was very quiet. 
He was very reserved, very quiet. Some would call him, he was shy or a timid person. Not a, not fearful. I'm talking about just didn't say a lot. And uh, many people, many people have told me that even in driving him around, that if he wasn't preaching, uh, he didn't really want to talk in the car. Didn't really want to talk. But if he was just dri- you were driving him somewhere, if he was sitting, they'd hear him just praying in the Holy Ghost, even under his breath, just praying in the spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. What's he doing? Just keeping himself in a constant communion with God, keeping himself in a constant place of prayer, praying always and all at all times in the spirit, stirring up that faith, stirring up that faith, stirring up that faith, getting it ready for action. And many men, I've seen so many men of God that, that do this. I heard um, Pastor Enoch Adeboye, who's the head of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, he said, you know, one of the things that people need to understand, especially younger ministers, is that before they speak, before they preach, they should spend at least an hour praying in the Holy Spirit. Before they take up a microphone, before they stand on a platform, they should spend at least an hour praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, why? Because you're preparing yourself. You're stirring up or building up your most holy faith. You're getting it ready for action. You're getting it ready for action, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. And it has many benefits. I want you to look over with me now to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I can build or stir up my own faith. I want you to write that in the comments. I can stir up my own faith. I can stir up my own faith. Put it in the comments. And as you're turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let me read again what I read to you this morning on the first broadcast. 2 Timothy 1 and verse number 7. 2 Timothy 1.7, what did Paul say to his son in the gospel? He said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Well, he's saying that fear is the opposite of what God would do for you. Fear is the opposite of what God would do for you. He doesn't send you fear. He sends you faith. And in fact, Paul said he sends you power and love and a sound mind. Go back one verse of scripture. Listen to this. Paul said in the sixth verse, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flames the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So Paul said that Timothy received spiritual gifts from Paul when he laid hands on him. That's called impartation. He said, you got it. And now I want you to stir it up. I want you to stir it up. Don't expect me to do it. And in context here, mentions his grandmother, mentions his mother. Don't expect them to do it. You do it. You do it. You stir up the gift. You stir up the gift. You stir up the gift. I can stir up my own faith. And here Jude tells us uh, in verse 20 that we're building up our most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. And so as Paul told Timothy, you stir it up. You stir it up. One of the biggest mistakes that people make is waiting for somebody else to stir them up, waiting for somebody else to build them up, waiting for somebody else to encourage them. That's the 2 Timothy 1, 6, and 7, Caitlin. 
2 Timothy 1, 6, and 7. But one of the biggest mistakes people make is waiting for someone to build them up or stir them up, waiting for another service, waiting for another revival, waiting for another conference to get stirred up in their faith, not realizing I can stir myself up by praying in the Holy Ghost. I can stir up my own gift by praying in the Holy Spirit. And what what ends up happening is people turn into, and listen, nothing wrong with being faithful to go to revival, faithful to go to conference, nothing wrong with that. But what ends up happening is people become conference hoppers, conference hoppers, revival hoppers, trying to get another word from somebody. Do you have a word for me? Do you have a word for me? Do you have a word for me? Can you lay hands on me? I'm going through it. I'm going through it. I'm going through it. I have problems. I have issues. I got... And they're always looking for someone else to be their source of encouragement or their source of faith building. Now, I understand that the Bible teaches that God set gifts in the church for the perfecting of the saints. Totally get that. I to- And I understand that everybody is at different levels of faith. I get that. But what I'm teaching you tonight, this is the meat of the word for those that are mature, for those that are ready to stand up and make a change. There's a reason that you're on with me tonight at 7 p.m. on a Tuesday night, ready and hungry for the word. There's something building in you. You're the the faithful. You're the ones that are, I would call you the elite, those that are waiting for God to use you in a mighty way and not just waiting, actively pursuing it. And what I'm telling telling you is, yes, you should be faithful to church. Yes, you should be faithful if there's a revival going on, something like that. But don't think that you have to wait for a revival to start to stir up your gift and to stir up your faith. Don't think you have to wait for Sunday morning. Don't think you have to wait for Wednesday night. Don't even think you have to wait until the broadcast starts at 10.30 a.m. or 7 p.m. at night. All day long, you have the ability to stir up your gift and to stir up your faith and keep it at a high level, at a high level right in your home right on your job, as you're driving in the car. Stir up your gift by praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, we're here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul's writing to this church to encourage them about what they should be doing regarding public worship services. And I want you to see this. The Bible says uh, in verse one, I'll start at verse one. 1 Corinthians 14 And I'll read verses one and two. Listen to this. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, keep in mind that this chapter that we're reading here is in the context of what they should do while they're in church in a public assembly. This is not really discussing what they're doing at home or privately. The context of what I'm reading to you and the reason he's saying what he's saying is because it's talking about a public assembly. He said, desire that you may prophesy. For one, now look at verse two. For someone who speaks in tongues speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. So I want you to hear this. Number one, Paul's saying that when you pray in tongues, it is something that is supernatural. It is a heavenly language. You're not speaking unto men, you're speaking unto God, and you're speaking mysteries in the spirit. Now, go down to verse four and listen to what he says here. The one who speaks in tongues 
builds up himself. The King James says edifies himself, builds himself up. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. Well, what is he talking about? He's talking about if you stood up in in a church service and gave a word in tongues, nobody would know what you were saying unless you had the interpretation. However, if you stand up and just start prophesying in everybody's known language, they'll all be built up because they'll have understanding of what you're saying. But notice what he said. He said, when you speak in tongues, though, you are edified, you are built up. But the church is not. So when you pray in tongues, Paul's teaching this, when you speak in tongues, guess what happens? When you speak in tongues, you're edifying or encouraging or building yourself up. There is a supernatural power, as Jude wrote, and here as Paul writes, there's a supernatural power that happens, that takes place, that affects you when you pray in the Holy Ghost, when you pray in tongues. You, it's a spiritual heavenly language. It's mysteries in the spirit. You're speaking unto God, but that language that God has given us as believers that are filled with the Holy Spirit, as we use it, as we pray in it, what's happening? We are edifying. We are building up, strengthening ourselves. That's the key. It's one of the wonderful benefits of praying in tongues. Personal edification, personal strength in the spirit and it affects the rest of your body. Now, if you think by any means that when you read this context that Paul is somehow telling us to pray in tongues less and less, it's not what he's saying. It's in fact, I can prove that you go to the 18th verse, first Corinthians 14, 18. Notice what he says. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. More than all of you. You know what Paul's saying here? Paul's saying, I speak in tongues all the time. Now we're talking about one of the most impactful. I mean, outside of Jesus, this is the most impactful man of God in the New Testament. Paul. Outside of Christ, this was the man. God anointed him to write almost two-thirds of the New Testament. He, his missionary journeys are legendary. I mean, you, you see all that he did for the kingdom. Well, look, right now we're looking, guess what we're looking at now? His dedication. And what does he say? I pray in tongues more than all of you do. If you think you do it a lot, I do it more. That's what he's saying. I pray in tongues more than all of you. And then look at verse 39. So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. Don't forbid speaking in tongues. These churches, let me just make a side note here. I know we're talking about personal tongues, but these churches now that call themselves Pentecostal, that are trying to shut down tongues in their services because they're worried about what an unbeliever might think about hearing tongues in the service are crazy. They're crazy. First of all, Paul teaches here that tongues are not a sign unto the believer. They're a sign unto the unbeliever. It's a sign to unbelievers. And number two, think about this. Speaking in tongues comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from the Holy Spirit. He's the one drawing men to Jesus. Do you think that the Holy Spirit's going to manifest himself and drive unbelievers away from your church? And do you think the Holy Spirit's going to destroy his own church by manifesting himself in the speaking in other tongues? No way. 
That's a crazy thought process built by an antichrist agenda to men who have no impartation that are doing things the way that a carnal person would rather than a spiritual person. The Bible says, do not forbid speaking in tongues. There's churches that are quote unquote full gospel churches that are forbidding speaking in tongues. I actually had somebody tell me, they said, uh, we had a, a, a family that had to leave our church for their job and move somewhere else. And uh, when they got to where they were moving, um, they, they found a church in our denomination, our full gospel, Pentecostal denomination. And uh, after the service was over, they asked the pastor, hey, do you think it would be all right? Can we just stay around the altar here and pray in the spirit? And the pastor said, absolutely not. Because number one, uh, we've not let the church know that we're uh, a spirit-filled church. And number two, we don't even have a plan in place to tell them that we're a spirit-filled church. And so here's a church that's uh, literally taking money from the denomination. So they're willing to take spirit-filled money <laughs> and they won't allow speaking in tongues. They're forbidding it in a way that the Bible said we should never do. Don't forbid speaking in tongues. Don't forbid speaking in tongues. Don't allow that to happen. It's the Holy Spirit manifesting himself. And it builds you up as you do it. It strengthens you. It stirs you up. It builds up your most holy faith as you do it. Chrissy's asking the question, and Carmelita feels this way as well sometimes. Why do I feel sometimes like I'm making stuff up when I speak in tongues? Is this the enemy discouraging me? Well, number one, you're not going to have an understanding of what you're saying. The Bible's clear on that. The Bible says that no man understands what the Spirit is saying as the Spirit prays through you. You're speaking mysteries in the Spirit, and you're not speaking unto men, but unto God, which is why there has to be an interpretation if you do it in a public setting. Don't let the enemy discourage you and make you feel like, well, you're just speaking a bunch of gibberish, and you're, you're don't allow the enemy to discourage you. The Bible said that we would speak with new tongues. We would speak, it was a promise and a prophecy given to us. We would speak with new tongues in this uh, New Testament uh, dispensation we're living in. And so don't be discouraged. In fact, be faithful to do it. Be faithful to speak in tongues. And so what's Paul saying here? Paul says that when you speak in tongues, you are edifying, strengthening, building up yourself, building your faith, your most holy faith. You know, uh, if you've not heard me tell this story, I actually got to experience the power of this even as a high school student. It doesn't matter how old you are, literally. Uh, and Desiree is asking on YouTube, I've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet. What do I do to receive it? In the Bible, the majority of the time what was happening was that the elders would lay their hands on those that had not yet received it and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what happened in Acts chapter 8. That's what happened in Acts chapter 19. And that seems to be the pattern. So if you attend the Spirit-filled church, ask your pastor, lay hands upon me. I want to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, when I was a high school student, I was able to see the strength and the power of this even then, even then. You know, if you've not heard me tell the story, I'll share it quickly with you. We, uh, we were in a... Um, we were in the middle of the summer and I was a part of the uh, basketball team at my high school 
and one of my good, good friends that I love so much uh, had been at a party the night before and they, they crashed their car. And as they were, as they crashed, they hit a barn and a piece of wood, a two by four came through uh, the window and hit him in the temple and put him into a coma instantly. Well, they took him to the hospital. Obviously he was in the ICU and I got a call the next morning and they said, Ted, you got to get down here. You've got to get down to the hospital. Your friend is in bad, bad condition, very bad shape. They're saying that he may not ever come out of this coma. And uh, they told me, and I'm not, uh, you know, because I don't have medical knowledge like some would, but uh, they told me that when you're in a coma, there's about, they said there's like six stages of a coma and severity and uh, six being the worst. And the nurses told me that he was in a, a stage four coma. So uh, I don't know anything about it, but that's what they told me. And they said it's serious. And if he does come out of it, then he'll probably have memory loss. He'll probably have motor skill damage. I mean, they went through the, a list of things, brain damage. And so I went, I got in the car with my friend because I didn't have a license at the time. I had to have a, a friend from my youth group pick me up. We drove down to the uh, hospital and I went in. Well, he was a popular kid. So many, there were so many young people in the, in the waiting room and they were all crying and talking about how good of a guy he was and all this stuff. Like he already died. I went to the other side of the waiting room and I felt literally, I felt like a, a righteous indignation come upon me. I felt like a holy anger. I was mad at the devil for trying to take my friend out. And, uh, so I started praying and I started praying in tongues I started praying in tongues. And as I was praying in tongues, it was like the more I prayed, the angrier I got. And I kept praying, kept getting angry, kept praying, kept getting angry. And I'm pacing, you know, back and forth in the, in the waiting room, just praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit. When all of a sudden I couldn't take it any longer. I felt my faith at a high level. Well, what's that about? What's that about? I mean, I literally felt, I could feel my faith rising as I was praying. What's that about? Well, what it's about is that what I was benefiting from was what Paul taught the Corinthians. One who speaks in tongues is stirring up his own faith or edifying himself, building himself up. I was building myself up on my most holy faith and I could feel my faith being stirred, 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 the gift that's in me. And uh, I couldn't stand in the waiting room any longer. I mean, I went straight back, went through the double doors, tore into the ICU. I actually had nurses chasing me because you're not supposed to go in there unless you're a direct, like a, an immediate family member. And a nurse was yelling at me, you can't go back there. That's, that's, that's only for family. And I turned around, looked at her and she must've seen the, the fire in my eyes. And she said, uh, she said, go, go ahead. You can go, go ahead and go back. And I went back into that room and I'm telling you, I, I felt that anger. I walked in. There's my friend laying on the table. Hospital bed. The, the heart monitor's going. His mother's in the corner crying. And uh, I was angry. But I, I knelt down next to his bed and I put my face right by his ear and I said, it's me. And I told him, I said, my name. And I said, I'm here. It's your friend. I'm here to get you out of this coma and get you out of this hospital. And I laid my hands on him. I mean, I felt the anointing. I had sat out there for probably 20 minutes or more just praying, 
pray and praying in the Holy Ghost. And I felt it, man. I felt the anointing. And I laid, I said, I'm going to lay my hands on you. You're coming out of this hospital. And I felt the faith come on me to pray a certain way. And God likes specific prayers, by the way. And I laid my hands on him. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command him to come out of this coma in Jesus' name. Number one, I command him to have no brain damage. I command him to have no memory loss. I command him to have no motor skill damage in Jesus' name and bring him out by the power of God. And I stood up. I felt, I felt the power of God go out of me, like the virtue going out of Jesus' body in Mark chapter five. I felt that thing come out of my body and get into his body. And after I finished praying, let me tell you something. There was no outward change in his physical body. But I knew because I already understood a principle, Mark chapter 11. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You don't believe you receive it after you get it. You don't believe you receive it when it's in your hand. You believe you receive it when you pray. When you pray, it's done. You call it done and by faith. Why? Because the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not yet seen. So you believe it when you still can't see it. So I didn't stand up and say, well, I don't know. Maybe God, you know, maybe God didn't want to heal him. Maybe the, no, I stood up knowing it was done. And I looked at his mother and I said, it's going to be, everything's going to be all right. I'm saying that to you tonight in Jesus name. Everything's going to be all right. Get this spirit of faith that I'm releasing through this broadcast tonight. Everything's going to be all right. I understand they might be shutting jobs down. I understand they're shutting places down. They're trying to keep us social distance. I get all that. I get all that. But let me encourage you. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. In fact, I want you by faith to write it in the comments section and say it out loud wherever you are. Everything's going to be all right in Jesus' name. Everything's going to be all right. I'm telling you, one of the purposes of these broadcasts that I'm going to do, these spirit of faith sessions, is that you're not only going to receive a spirit of faith, but a spirit of peace is coming upon your mind in the mighty name of Jesus. A spirit of peace is coming on your mind. You're going to sleep like you've never slept. You're going to have peace throughout the day. You're going to enjoy your time home with your family. You're going to enjoy your time home with your children that are off school. You're going to enjoy, I mean, take this thing like a vacation. Take it like a vacation. Take it like a staycation. You're going to be home? Good. Praise God. Praise God for the rest. Praise God for the time off. Praise God you get to be with your family. Praise God. I mean, take it as a vacation and say, thank you, Jesus. Everything's going to be all right in Jesus' name. Everything's going to be all right in Jesus' name. That's what I told his mother. I looked right, right over his lifeless body and she's sitting in the corner. And I said, everything's going to be all right. Everything is going to be fine. And she just kind of nodded and wiped her nose with a tissue. And I walked out. I walked back out into the lobby, into the waiting room. There's all those young people. You know, some of them still drunk from the party the night before. Uh, some of them hung over. And they're all sitting out there crying. They wanted me to pray with them. I just prayed that God would convict them all and they'd get saved. 
I went home. The next day I was out in the pool, summertime again, and uh, I get a call on the phone. That's right. If you haven't written it, keep writing it. Everything's going to be all right. Everything is all right, said Lena. That's right. Everything is all right. And I was outside and there I was uh, in the pool and, um, and, I, and I began to just chill. I was chilling out, man. And, and I got a call. And the call was from one of my friends at the hospital. So funny to me. And they're like all out of breath, all, all breath, all excited. I got the hello, Ted, you're never going to believe this. It always cracks me up when people say that you're never going to believe this. You know, like I'm a believer. That's like what I do. I believe things, you know, it's like, stop telling me I'm not going to believe something. I'm a believer. <laughs> it's my job to believe. You're never going to believe it. I said, what happened? They said, Seth is out of the coma. I was like, praise God. They're like, not only that, I got to tell you more. They're like, not only is he out of the coma, but number two, uh, he's got no memory loss. He's got no brain damage, no motor skill loss. And the nurses said that in all the years that they've had this open, they've never seen somebody recover this well from serious brain trauma. That was the nurse's report. They'd never had anybody recover that well from serious brain trauma. Well, I'm telling you, when the Holy Ghost sets you free, you're free indeed. And I tell you, the thing that I attribute those kinds of things to, if I had not spent that time praying in the Holy Ghost, let me tell you what it's easy to do. It's easy to just look around at the situation. It's easy to just look around and say, man, this is serious. He's in the intensive care unit. Man, family's here. They're crying. It's a, you, know, I've, you know, you could look at all that. You could look at all that and say, oh, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what you know, freak out. That's the natural way of doing things. That's what people are doing right now tonight. They're all set. They're, they're sitting at home with a cup of coffee, all caffeinated, look, watching the news, waiting for any other bad report that could come out and sitting there freaking out. Oh, I can't believe we're quarantined. The nation's shutting down. Oh, everything's going to be shut down, blah, blah, blah. And, and freaking out instead of just sitting back and say, everything's going to be all right in Jesus' name. Everything's going to be fine in Jesus' name. I speak over you tonight, a spirit of peace, by the way, over every person that's watching. I'm not going to wait till the end to do this. I'm doing it now. I speak over you, a spirit of peace in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare over your mind, your soul, your house, peace be still in Jesus' mighty name. Peace be still in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Don't sit there and be panicked. Do not sit there and be all out of breath wondering if you're going to make it. You'll be fine. You'll be fine in Jesus' name. The world's not coming to an end. America's not coming to an end. This is not the tribulation. Everything's going to be fine in Jesus' name. And so I loose it to you. I loose it to you in Jesus' name. Supernatural peace that passes all understanding. You know what I find? People get mad at you. You guys, have probably are, you guys have probably already experienced this. People get mad at you if you're not at the same panic level they are. Has anybody, if there's anybody else on the broadcast tonight that's experienced this, throw an emoji hand in the comments. Have you experienced it? If you're not at panic level 10 with everybody else, Man, they get ticked off at you real, oh, well, I guess you don't have to be as afraid as everybody. I mean, if you've, if you've seen this, please tell me you're, I'm not the only one. I don't know what it is. People get ticked off 
because you're not panicked like they're panicked. You're not scared like they're scared. Oh, well, I guess you're above the uh, coronavirus. Exactly. Seated far above it in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. Oh, well, I guess you're above the coronavirus. I guess you're above the sickness. And I got Yes, I am above it. When I was dead in trespasses and in sins, he raised me up together and seated me with Christ in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers. Every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come, put all things under his feet, gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, the filth of all and all. That's the point. Yes, I am far above it. Seated in heavenly places. I'm not a victim. I rule and reign with Christ. I'm a king, I'm a priest, and so are you. Yes, I am above it. Well, I guess somebody's above, all right? Yes, with your little snide comments and your little snide remarks. Keep them to yourself. We're not all peeing our pants, by the way. We're not all going through six pairs of underwear a day. Just you are. I haven't peed my pants since I was like three. Maybe that's a little old to still be peeing your pants. But we're not all freaking out like you. So don't get ticked off at us because you're scared. People, literally, they're all mad at you. Where, where's your surgical gloves? Where's your surgical gloves? Where's your mask? Where's your surgical mask? I mean, I, what do you? if people had their way, I'm sure that they, they would be happy for you to go and buy a hazmat suit. And wear it around like we're in, you know, like we're in some kind of nuclear winter. I mean, people are unbelievable. What is your problem with me? You live your life and quit invading my peace because you've got issues. There's not my issues. They're your issues. You go lock yourself in your house like it's the purge part four. You go sit around in a hazmat suit. I ain't doing it. I was out today. I told you after the after the broadcast, I left my house and I went to the gym, which was still open, by the way. And there's people in there working out. I, I went in. I sweated it up with all the rest of the people that were down at Planet Fitness. Not sitting around, bunkered down like it's nuclear war, locked all of the doors of my house, you know, sitting in, just watching sitting around just watching Fox News to make sure I don't miss anything. Please, don't be mad at me because you can't control your own emotions. I mean, that's, that's just a word. Don't get ticked at me because you're, you're emotionally shaken so easily. You're the same person that screams and poops themselves on the ride at Universal Studios when it drops. <laughs> so don't get ticked off at me because you can't handle your own emotions. And people get mad at you because you're not at the same level of panic that they, well, somebody doesn't have to be, I guess you're Superman. No, stronger than him. Because he didn't have what I have. Superman wasn't seated in heavenly places. Superman was not surrounded by a blood covenant. I am. I am. And so literally, you think I'm going to sit around, you know, it, it blows my mind. Don't allow yourself. <laughs> I'm saying this in a, it's kind of to make you laugh, but also I'm serious. 
If another person gets all, you know, snappy with me because I'm not freaked out, I'm not going to be freaked out. You know why I'm not going to be freaked out? I've actually read the Bible. I've actually read Psalm 91. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but these things will not touch you. That's either true or it's not true. And it's, by the way, in the old covenant, which means better than that is true in the new. So the reason I'm not sitting around, you know, every three minutes having to run to the bathroom, having anxiety attacks and pulling my hair out is because I've actually read the Bible and I actually believe it's true. And so let me tell you, one of the things that'll help you, one of the things that'll help you greatly is praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost daily. Spend, listen, you're home. You know, if they've shut your job down, by the way, I'd like to know if, if you're one of the people that you're basically quarantined, you have to like stay home from work. You, I mean, your kids can't go to school. Let me see who you are. Throw up some hands or something in the, in the, sec, in the comment section. Because I know a lot of people are. So you're home. You're home. You know, you can, you can do that. You can pray in tongues. Just sit, instead of sitting around drinking cups of coffee and watching all seven news stations, pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. That's right, Ruth. That's what, that's what Smith Wigglesworth said. If God's, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. God said it. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Your you know, work's canceled. You're home. Your kids are home. Pray in tongues. Gather your kids around. And have them pray in tongues if they're filled with the Spirit. If not, lay hands on them and uh, get them filled with the Spirit. Yeah, see that? Kids are out two to three weeks. Some schools are saying they'll be out till summertime. So you know what? You're home. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Spend time. You know, instead of watching Netflix all day long, get filled with the Holy Ghost, Karen. Have a minister that is full gospel lay hands on you and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so, listen, you're home. Instead of binge-watching the show you've been meaning to binge-watch on Netflix for all the time you're home, spend time praying in the Holy Ghost throughout the whole day. Set, You know what? Set a time. Even if you want to go on a walk, go on a walk around your neighborhood and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Spend an hour, minimum, praying in the Holy Ghost. Spend an hour. Praying in the Spirit. Watch what God will do. Your faith will go to another level. It'll go to another level. You'll feel that thing stir and build. You'll feel like you can take the world. What is that? That's you stirring up your gift in the spirit realm. Stir up the gift that lies within you. Stir up the gift that lies within you that came when somebody, maybe it was your pastor, maybe it was an elder in the church, laid hands on you. For my daughter, Madeline, I wished I could have been the one that laid hands on my daughter, Maddie, and saw her filled with the Holy Ghost. But you know what? I was too late. I was too late. She was in a children's church service at my Uncle Tim's church, Calvary Temple Assembly of God in West Virginia. And here comes her cousin across the children's church during the service, lays hands on her cousin's her age, lays hands on her. And my daughter falls out and the Holy Ghost starts speaking in tongues. Five years old. Got filled with the Holy Ghost. Five years old. So you don't have to be some senior saint that's put your time in in the church to get filled with the Holy Ghost. No, God will honor your faith and it's a free gift. Spend time praying in the Holy Spirit. Lisa says, how do you pray in the Holy Ghost? You speak with other tongues as the Bible says you would when you're baptized 
in the Holy Spirit. You will speak a heavenly language. Paul said, when you speak it, you're not speaking unto men, but unto God. No man understands it. It's a mystery in the spirit. But we pray in the Holy Spirit. We pray in the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid. Listen to me. Everything's going to be all right. You're going to be fine. Your family's going to be fine. God's going to take care of you. You're going to be fine. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Stir it up. One of the things, get that spirit of fear out of the house, pray in the Holy Ghost and let your faith be built. If I ever even feel a twinge of a spirit of fear of trying to harass my mind, I'll start praying in the Holy Ghost. It'll go so quick, makes its head spin. You just pray in the Holy Ghost. What are you doing? According to Paul, you're building yourself up. According to Jude, you're building your building up your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. I remember I started praying and fasting when I was really wanting to see these supernatural things take place. I started praying and fasting, praying and fasting, praying and fasting. And as I did, the Holy Spirit started to, I mean, my faith was like worked up by the power of God. And the first thing that happened is I was in Canada in, uh, in New Brunswick preaching and, uh, as I was preaching, I was with Phil and Jamie Hutchings up in up in New Brunswick. And uh, that night, a woman came in who had never been to church before. She gets saved at the altar call. And then I said, I'm going to be laying hands on people that need miracles, need healing. And she, as a brand new believer, so believed what I said that she ran downstairs, grabbed her son, who was six years old, ran him back up the stairs and brought him to the front of the line, cut everybody else off. I don't think she understood how lines work. She cut everybody off to be at the front of the line. She said, pray for my son first. She said, he's been blind in his right eye for five years since he was one. I looked down, his name's Timothy. There he is looking up at me, blank stare. He didn't know what to think. And uh, I felt the power of God come on me. I laid hands on that Young boy's eyes. Now, see, I'd been spending time praying in the Holy Ghost. What was I doing? Building up my faith, building up my faith, building up my faith. And I laid hands on that. I, I said, Lord, in Jesus' name, as you've done for so many others, do it for him. Do it for him. Open this eye and let him see for your glory. Show his mother, who's a new child of God, the power of God at work. And I took my hand off of his eye. And, you know, you can't get kids to fake. He shouted without even me asking him what God did. He said, I can see you. I can see you. His eye opened immediately by the power of God. His mom collapsed to the ground and began to weep under the power of the Holy Spirit. And she began to cry, thanking God. She, she just got saved and saw what God could do in her family. But see, what, is it, what does it mean? We're putting ourselves in position to be used by God putting ourselves in position to be used by God. Remember this, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not carnal. We don't fight a spirit of fear with a gun. We don't, there's my friend, Pastor Ryan McDowell. I love you, man. Love you so much. We don't fight a spirit of fear with a gun. We don't fight a spirit of fear with a knife. We don't, we don't fight it uh, as a military. You can't do that. It's a spiritual thing. You have to fight it with spiritual weapons, spiritual weapons and the spirit. Praying in the Holy Ghost builds your faith to accomplish the work God's called you to do. It allows you to uh, accomplish the work 
that God's called you to do. And so I want you to see this with me, that God has given us this weapon of praying in the Holy Ghost to build our faith, to encourage our hearts and to encourage us physically. I want you to go with me in the word to Zechariah, Old Testament. I want you to go to the book of Zechariah and I want to look together at a passage of scripture And you should know this one by by heart. I'm sure you do. Zechariah chapter four and verse number six. Listen to this. Verse six says, then the Lord said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit says the Lord of hosts. And so I want you to catch this with me. Look at a man like the apostle Paul. Look at the things that he did. Look at how demon spirits responded to him when he commanded them. Why? He was a man that, according to his own confession, was a man who prayed in tongues more than all of them. He understood this is going to be a supernatural warfare that I'm going to accomplish things for God by spiritual power and not natural power. In fact, think about this. Think about the fact that the Apostle Paul, his least effective endeavor for the kingdom of God in his entire ministry was when he tried to lean back on natural wisdom, natural knowledge instead of the power of God. And he went to Athens in Greece, went to Athens and there in the book of Acts, he met a group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. You can read it for yourself. And he goes in and he sees all of these statues and all these idols. And finally, he sees uh, almost what would be like a, a pillar with an open top where a statue should be. And it said, uh, an inscription on it said to the unknown God. And so what did Paul do? He tried to use their philosophy to win them over to the things of God and to bring them into the kingdom. And so there he is and he's lecturing. Now, Paul was very intelligent. He was the most intelligent man, probably outside of Christ, in the New Testament, sat at the uh, the feet of Gamaliel, still considered to be one of the greatest teachers in Judaism. And so he was a, a direct understudy of Gamaliel, very intelligent, very, very, very intelligent. He stands toe to toe with these philosophers and without the power of the spirit, tries to debate them into the kingdom of God and, to, and using their own idols as an illustrated sermon to bring them in. Well, see, you have one here, I noticed, to the unknown God. I know who that God is. And then stands there and tries to, in the natural, debate these people into the kingdom. And the Bible says that, that there was no mighty move of the spirit, none. The Bible says, some of them said, We'll hear you again. We'll listen to you again about this some other time. Others just mocked him. Others 
uh, didn't listen. And then there was a few, the Bible says, just a few people believed what he said and were saved. This, in contrast to the mighty things that he had happen in other places, like on the island of Malta in Acts chapter 28, where the whole city, the whole region was shaken up by the power of God on his life. And so he understood this, and it's something that he learned that you can't depend on the natural realm. It's not by might. As I, That's why I took you to Zechariah 4, 6. It's not by might, and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. The reason that we pray in the spirit, the reason that we spend time speaking in tongues is because God has given it to us to stir us up spiritually. And let me tell you, you don't have to wait. That's why I'm doing this this session tonight. You can literally pray in the Holy Ghost and keep yourself in a place of strong faith. Stir up your faith. Stir up your faith. Listen to what Paul learned, and this is something that he then began to employ in his own ministry after realizing that you can't debate people into the kingdom of God. And so he approached the Corinthians in a different way. Notice what he said. I'm reading to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and uh, let me start with verse 1. We'll go through verse 5. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, human wisdom. Verse 2, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Verse 3. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Verse four. Now look at this. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why? Verse five, he tells us why. So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. So looking at that verse we looked at in Zechariah 4, 6, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So God's letting us know through the prophet Zechariah uh, that you can't accomplish what you want to accomplish by natural strength. Let me ask you a question. How do you beat off a spirit of depression or anxiety or suicidal thoughts with natural strength? Can you just punch your head until they leave? No, no. Can you shoot it out? Can you cut? No, it doesn't work like that. It's spiritual. And let me just say this. Let me say this to you. In our generation, we have tried to solve supernatural problems with natural solutions. Hear what I'm telling you. We've tried to solve supernatural problems with natural solutions. We've got people that are medicated and all that's doing is calming the effects of what's really going on on the inside of them. It's just the, we're just calming the effects. We're zombifying people. It's all we're doing. Rather than dealing with the cause of what's going on. You can't medicate a demon spirit. You can't submit a demon spirit and admit it to a hospital. Does not work. 
You've got to deal with it by the power of the Holy Ghost. And Paul the Apostle said clearly to the Corinthian church, who were also in Greece, I didn't come now. Now I'm not coming in man's wisdom. I'm not coming with lofty speech or lofty words. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm coming in the power and in the demonstration of the Spirit so that, so that your faith will not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Almighty God. Your faith will not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Almighty God. Why? Because it's not by might, natural might. It's not by natural power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And so let me just tell you, one of the things that we all, and myself included, need to be doing more of is praying in the Holy Ghost. We need to be praying in the Holy Ghost. Who knows? I mean, while you're praying in the Holy Ghost, the Lord will start showing you things. He'll start showing you things that'll help you in this time. I guarantee it. As you get into communion with the Holy Spirit, he will teach you all things. He'll lead and guide you into all truth, the Bible says. And what happens? He starts to show you things that'll help you. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, and I believe it's Isaiah 48, 17. Let me go there. Isaiah 48, 17. You can go there with me. Listen to what the Bible says. The prophet Isaiah writes by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, to profit, to increase, to have gain, who leads you in the way that you should go. So as you're praying in the spirit, as you're praying in tongues, as you're uh, having communion with the mighty Holy Spirit, he's going to lead you in the way you should go. He's going to teach you to profit. He's going to lead you in the way you should go. He's going to teach you to profit. I'll give Ashley's uh, testimony once again. If you haven't heard me tell it, Ashley and Ted, they're on, they may be on right now. I don't see their name, but they may be on now. But I love Ashley and Ted and God's used them and God's blessed them. And Ashley gave me a testimony. She said that the Lord touched her and the Holy Spirit began to guide her. Uh, And she had never had any training and she had never had any schooling in day trading or the stock market. But the Holy Spirit began to guide her mind and her thoughts and give her leadings. And she began to just obey the leading of the Holy Spirit. She would buy these stocks and sell these and short these. And God would give her the leading by the Holy Spirit. Well, she came and gave us the testimony. She said, let me give you a wonderful testimony. Uh, I, I hit my, and this was months ago, maybe last year. She said, I hit my first $1,000 week of profit, made $1,000 in a week. Next thing I knew, she's sending us a message. I made my first uh, $2,500 in a week, made my first $2,500. What's happening with no schooling, no training, sitting at home with her computers and God, what's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. In, In her communion with the Holy Spirit, he's leading her in the way that she should go and teaching her to profit. It wasn't, wasn't long ago, they sowed $1,000 on the broadcast. I, I saw it, came right up in the comments. They sowed a $1,000 seed. I got a message back from them later that day. They said, 
uh, and they sent it into the office. They said, let brother Ted know that after we sold that thousand dollars that day, we just made $7,600 in one day made 7,600. Well, I didn't do that. Who did it? The Holy spirit. The Holy spirit is the one who leads you in the way you should go and teaches you to profit. And as you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're speaking mysteries in the spirit and you're stirring up your gift, putting yourself in position to be used by God and the power of God will use you. You're not just bringing yourself into faith. You're not just stirring up your faith, but you're literally staying in communion with the one who leads you and guides you into all truth and the one who teaches you to profit. And that's the benefit. I'm telling you, there are mighty benefits to praying in the Holy Ghost. Mighty benefits. I heard one guy giving his testimony. You've heard me tell this. Who loved to hunt. And he was up in his tree stand. It was deer season. Up in his tree stand. And he's just praying in the Holy Ghost before the sun came up, getting ready to hunt. And praying in the Holy Ghost. And while he was praying, the Lord gave him the entire plan to build a new kind of hunting blind. And the plan was to build it as an old rotted out tree that you could open the door and go inside of it. And it had windows, all kinds of stuff. And, and he went home, sketched it out as a prototype, sent it to an engineer. They built a prototype. And then he, he, sold it. he went to a hunting expo and put up a booth. And a guy that owned a ranch in Texas, a hunting ranch, saw his prototype and bought him out, bought the whole stock out, made him a multimillionaire in less than a couple of months. Why? Because the Holy Ghost gave him, gave him the idea. He was just praying in the Holy Spirit, just having communion with the Lord. What did God do? Just what he said he would in Isaiah 48, 17. I'm the Lord your God that leads you in the way you should go and teaches you to profit. God will do the same for you. Thank you for sowing a seed, Kayla. Love you. God will do the same for you. As we pray in the Holy Spirit, we are not only building up our most holy faith, we're encouraging ourselves. Let me tell you, in this time where there's a buffeting spirit of fear that's trying to sweep through this nation and sweep around the world, I declare to you, it will not touch you in Jesus' name. It will not touch you in the mighty name of Jesus. You shall be free of all worry, free of all fear, free of all anxiety. It won't touch you. Depression's not coming in your home in the mighty name of Jesus. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray as he stirs you up. Pray by the power of the Spirit and watch what God will do for you personally as you're praying in the Spirit. Just keep on praying. Keep on speaking in tongues and watch what God will do. You will stir yourself to the next level and it will cause you to be totally free from fear and anxiety. Totally free. Totally free. Let me just say this. Don't waste this time we have at home. That's why I'm I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to go live with you twice a day. I want to be with you. I want to stir your faith. I want to encourage you in the Lord. I want you to be in a position of victory. That's what what I'm believing for. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, get with them and pump faith into my people. That's what I heard him say. Pump faith into my people. So I'm doing it until the Lord tells me otherwise, until I feel a shift, a, a change in the spirit, whatever. We're going live every night at seven, including Saturday and Sunday, every night at 7 p.m., And I'm going to stir your faith to the next level from the word of the almighty God. Let me encourage you with something. This word right here is the inspired, 
inerrant, God-breathed word. This came from the mouth of God into the hands of the writers. They wrote it as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, and this carries power over the devil. This word right here has power over the devil. It is the highest element. This right here is the highest element in the universe. The Bible says in Psalm 138 and verse 2, God has even magnified his word above his name. And so it's powerful. And I'm going to keep preaching it to you. I'm going to keep teaching it to you. And God's going to fill you with faith. And you're going to be, you're not going to be anxious. You're not going to be fearful. I mean, you should, you should, you should laugh your way through this thing. Let all those people be mad that we talked about. All those people that get angry. Oh, I guess you're too good for the surgical gloves. I guess you're too good for the surgical mask. Yes, I am not wearing it. I refuse to wear it. Not wearing it. Not wearing it. You need to put some surgical gloves on. No, (laughs) not wearing it. Not wearing it. First of all, let me just give you a little something about the surgical masks. Number one, viruses and bacteria are microscopic. (laughs) So unless you're in some kind of airtight chamber, genius, it's going to go through the mask or underneath it and up your nose or whatever. So if you're depending on a 32 cent paper mask to save your behind from a virus, You have got your faith in the wrong thing, in the wrong thing. Unless you're going to shut yourself away in an airtight chamber somewhere with some kind of extremely filtered air being pumped in, then you just, you just not, it's just nuts. Just nuts. People walking around, you know, like there's like we're in a zombie apocalypse newsflash. Life is going on as normal. Newsflash, life is going on as normal. Do you think, listen, do you think, <laughs> I'm laughing because he's cracking me up. Do you think that this, I'm, I was out today. I was out today all, I mean, I, I finished this, went out to the job, I was out. I was out doing stuff. Do you think that it looks like, a, do you think it looks like a, a, a ghost town out there? It does not. Parking lots are full of cars. The grocery stores Cars are full. Costco, full. Publix, full. Walmart, full. I was at GNC. There's people shopping in there. People out getting their haircuts. People out doing stuff. People at the gym. Nobody said it wasn't shut down. There weren't people like, you know, if people out, out and around. Guess what? Life continues as normal. Life continues as normal. Don't be afraid. There's what? 60 some deaths in America? What have there been so far? 60-some deaths, half of them all came from the same nursing home of the confirmed death. Half of them all from the same nursing home. And the other half, the majority of them elderly people that already had serious physical issues. There's far more people. I mean, I wish I could show you the numbers. I'm not going to do that on these broadcasts. That's not what this is about. But I mean, people are afraid. They're believing a lie. They're believing something that... It's just, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Yeah, but even for non-believers, Karen, I mean, it's not like this thing's taking over the America and the world. It's not taking over the world in America. 
They would have you believe that it is. It's not. It's not taking over. There are far, far more cases this year of people dying of the flu, the normal flu. Far more than this. You know what? Tuberculosis, far, far more. The coronavirus is so far at the bottom of that list, it's insane. But nobody's talking about the flu on the news. Nobody's talking about the tuberculosis on the news. They're talking about coronavirus. And I'm just telling you right now, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Be full of faith. Be full of faith. And no, God's watching over you. There's a barrier around your house. God's taking over. Listen, do this. Instead of having faith in what some specialist says on the news, what do you think? The Holy Spirit's not a specialist? You think that God in heaven is not a specialist? You think that his word, well, you know, he hasn't done the research. You know, God the Father did not go to university. He doesn't need to. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. He's a creator. He's a healer. Believe his word. What do you think? That God never God never imagined once in his in his eternal being and, and state of existing that 2020 would ever get here and that there'd be a, an attack of you think God didn't know? Of course he knew. And he's full of power. Nothing takes away his power. He's full of power, full of glory, and that same anointing. That same anointing is on you, wherever you are. That same anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna take the end of this here and I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray for every one of you. If anybody has uh, questions at the end of this about speaking in tongues, uh, praying in the spirit, I'll take some questions here at the end on, on the subject we're teaching on and, uh, and, then, and, then we'll, and then we'll try to wrap this up. But I'm gonna pray right now for every person watching. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray now for every man, every woman, that's watching this broadcast tonight, I take authority over a spirit of fear. I take authority over a spirit of panic and anxiety and depression. I take authority over it in the mighty name of Jesus. I loose healing virtue, peace to every person watching this tonight. Maybe they're suffering in their body. Maybe they are sick or diseased. I take authority over it in the name of Jesus Christ. And I loose the power of God to every man and every woman that's watching the broadcast tonight. Lord, in Jesus' name, keep them in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on you. Let the word of God come upon them and overtake their mind, not the lies, not even the report of the world, the things that are truth. Don't even let those things overtake them, Lord, but let your word overtake their heart. Abide in love, abide in peace, abide in joy, in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name. Now, for those of you that are watching me, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. I want you, I want you to pray in the Spirit. I know some people are, are have put together watch parties tonight. You're watching together. I want you to join hands wherever you're watching. If you're at someone's house and there's multiple of you that have gotten together to watch this tonight, I want you to get up and join hands. And we're going to spend the next few minutes praying in the Holy Ghost. We're going to pray in the Holy Ghost as the family of God, as the body of Christ. So join hands with somebody. If you're by yourself, just join in. If you're not yet filled with the Spirit, pray in your known language. Pray in your known language wherever you're watching from. But let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Bravaro 
Broja griandele vezi griastanai, brocofe tike brazala dono shengriada la vavostaza, brekishe vravala to comoyo, bravegiala de la bosta che griti andanamaka, pa fotolo zebregije zebrandale vezi acracasta zegrialo, borondo je grishevre vese cricende, bragadala zebrekiala vosso procosteze, brondoro cosebra dice pacatebra maladenes, brovato rocoche bradizia gracala, bracoj de zebravandia, gracastaie, bravise brosho tonoso braga, grezivre vegi ambramamayo to crocosa. Rocandale veveste se broconamaye, brovo te cimbria popolos to corai, bro popolos to corai, balatishevre vende queste, cacrasa laborro conde lebra vista quebra vossa, maiebra fatolo cobra mai, brachi gevra vando raquiste zebrada, cres de valondo roco chamara givra vata de queste maioto, pafaye brabala da rabossa mechiaye, roca gegri de brondoio, Brevise la caie vre che se grige zebrato, barrande chi vra fata chiateleveze zambrosha, crasaio grocose ne chi aveste, morambayeti che bravai. Father, I pray for every person that's watching me. Maybe they're not filled with the Spirit of God. But tonight, in the mighty name of Jesus, as you did in Acts chapter 10, as Peter was preaching in the house of Cornelius, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit as they were saved. I pray now. For every person that's watching that is not yet baptized in the Holy Ghost, from this night, I command you to be filled with the Holy Ghost in the mighty name of Jesus, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Be filled with the Holy Ghost in Jesus' mighty name and begin to speak with other tongues right where you're watching me, whether it's live or on the replay. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now in your spirit, whatever you begin to hear, the Holy Spirit leading you to say, speak it out. I don't care what it sounds like. It's not a natural language. It's a supernatural language. And so begin to speak it even now. As you're listening to this, as you're watching this, speak it out by the power of the Holy Ghost and be filled with the mighty power of God. In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. We call it done. We call it done. Hallelujah. We call it done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Listen, those of you that are watching, I want you to step out in faith. You say, well, I don't know what's going to happen during this time of, of uncertainty financially. I'll tell you what you should do. I talked about it this morning. What you should do is you should sow a seed by faith like Kayla did and declare, I refuse to decrease in this time of an attack of the enemy. I'm going to increase. I'm going to increase financially. I refuse to believe the lies of the enemy. I'm going to increase financially by the power of God and take a step of faith and sow that seed by the power of the Holy Ghost and God will bless you. Why? Seed time and harvest is something God set up to bless his children. It is a system God created to make sure your family would be blessed no matter what's going on in the world. Absolutely. And listen, every person that is sowing, you know what we're doing? We're sending you as a gift this month a powerful, thank you, Candy. Thank you, Caleb. We're sending this powerful book by one of the greatest men of God, A.A. A. Allen, who's now in heaven, but he was a mighty evangelist and revivalist during the voice of healing. And when frustrated with how his ministry was going, and thank you, Fabiola, for sowing that seed, 
um, when he when he was frustrated about what his ministry was doing, he began to fast and pray, and Jesus appeared to him and gave him a list of things he needed to do. And this is the book that lists those things. It changed his ministry in life. It's changed many after him, and it'll change yours. And so I want to encourage you, as you sow your seed, we're going to send you that in the month of March as our gift to say thank you. Thank you so much. And for everybody that sows $1,000 or more, we're going to add to that this study Bible in genuine leather, New Living Translation, Life Application Study Bible. I love this. And we're going to sign it to you and send it to you as our way of saying thank you. Can I also mention this? I feel like I can because it's my broadcast and I can do what I want. <laughs> more than ever before, this message of divine protection is needed. This message of divine protection is needed. And the Lord led me to write this book. Many of you know, I wrote this a couple of years ago, Blood on the Door, The Protective Power of Covenant. More than ever before, this revelation is needed. How to walk in divine protection. And this is available. You can get it on the website. You can also get it on amazon.com and you can also, if you prefer an ebook, it's available on Kindle devices and it's available in the Apple Bookstore for Apple Books. And so however you want to get this, it's available. The only thing it's not yet available in is audiobook, but we're, we're walking on all those. Yep, Deepa, it's available on Kindle. It's available every way that you can get it other than audiobook. And uh, you can get the paperback or you can get the digital version. This book will be a mighty blessing to you and it'll open your eyes to understand how to walk in divine protection by the power of God. It's called Blood on the Door, the Protective Power of Covenant. And that'll bless you. That will bless you and teach you things you may have never seen. I'll take the last few minutes that we have together tonight. Uh, if you have any questions about speaking in tongues, Karen said, does it come naturally to you, tongues, or does it just come out? Um, naturally, I would say is, is what happens when you step out because, um, you know, it's the spirit who gives you the utterance, the Bible says. And so you, you just are following the leading of the spirit and he is giving you the utterance. You're not making it up yourself. You are speaking by inspiration of the spirit. So yes, it comes to you by the inspiration, Karen, of the Holy Ghost. Fabiola, uh, the books are not yet in Spanish. However, my goal here in the near future is to get all of the books, not only into Spanish, but also into Portuguese. So we're, we're working right now. And Blood on the Door, by the way, is the first book that we're working to have translated into Portuguese and into Spanish. And so I'm very excited about that. Very, very excited because this is revelation that needs to be in these nations where they speak Portuguese and in Spanish, French, whatever we can get. We're going to continue moving forward. So I'm very, very excited about that. Thank you, Candy. Thank you, Caleb. I'm going to be back um, tomorrow morning, obviously, at 1030 in the morning. And then, of course, every single night, as you saw me uh, uh, put up, every single night for these Spirit of Faith sessions. And you're not going to want to miss it. And by the way, uh, we're putting up all of this uh, audio. It's going to be on the podcast. All of this will be available for you. Uh, we're, Daniel, we'll get it to German too if we can. But I'm also going to create um, a playlist on our YouTube channel. 
with all of these Spirit of Faith sessions in the playlist. So if you wanted to just leave it on and binge it, you can. You can leave it on and binge it. Uh, And by the way, let me just say finally, if you've not yet had an opportunity to subscribe to our YouTube channel, let me encourage you right now to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, Just search my name, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., and you'll see my picture. Uh, Our... uh, our, our channel has somewhere close to like 18 and a half thousand subscribers. Uh, take a minute if you would. It helps me a lot if you would subscribe to the channel and then you'll not miss anything that we're putting out, anything that we're doing. There's plenty. We're almost at a million views on our YouTube channel, which is amazing to me. And so Deepa, um, we're, we're meeting at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. That's New York City time. And we're at 7 p.m. at night, New York City time. So I love you guys so much. Thank you for hanging with me tonight. Uh, I hope your faith is built. I know it is. No spirit of fear, no spirit of worry, peace and joy in Jesus' mighty name. I love you guys so much, and I appreciate you being with me, and I know God's going to use you, especially in this time, uh, to be an encouragement to other people, and I know he will. Oh, let me say this too. The Winter Magazine is getting ready to uh, ship out, and we want to send it to you. So if you don't, subscribe to receive our magazines go to miracleword.com forward slash live and um and sign up and we'll send it to you uh asap as well as i want to hear from you guys via text message so if you go to that link on the screen text me we can connect together and you stay in touch via oh awesome Kristen. awesome she got she grabbed it on uh on kindle the book and uh, text me so that we can stay in, t- in contact. I love you guys so very much. I'll see you again in the morning, 10.30 a.m. And uh, have a blessed night, peaceful rest, peaceful sleep in Jesus' name. I love you guys. Have a good one. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.